Unlock your Bible. Discover the true meaning of life. Learn the cause of world problems and the astounding solution. Prove for yourself what the future holds. In the Trumpet Literature Library, you will find answers to life's most important questions. Explore these vital titles on Trumpet Bookshelf. Welcome to Trumpet Bookshelf. I'm Grant Turgeon. Imagine a dark, flooded planet. It wasn't always this way. In fact, something cataclysmic and catastrophic took place to transform and destroy this planet. As the late educator Herbert W. Armstrong explained in his book, Mystery of the Ages, which you can get a copy of for free at thetrumpet.com, this happened to planet Earth because of the angelic rebellion. Satan led one-third of all the angels who became demons to rebel. They were put over earth and they rebelled. And the rebellion of these angels caused the destruction of earth. In fact, it's called Tohu and Bohu in the beginning of the book of Genesis. Just waste and destruction. Total chaos and emptiness. God did not create the planet this way. This was the first time in universe history that anyone had ever rebelled or destroyed anything. Now, what was God going to do? This rebellion probably took place millions of years ago. That's right. The planet has been around for a very long time, not just for 6,000 years. Science and the Bible can coexist in this way. But what was God going to do to fix this problem? Isaiah 45 verse 18 states, For thus says the Eternal that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it, he has established it. He created it not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Eternal, and there is none else. God made the earth to have inhabitants. He made this planet perfect, and he wanted somebody or a whole race of beings to live on this planet. Here's what Mr. Armstrong wrote in The Incredible Human Potential. When the angels turned traitor on earth, their sin must have also brought simultaneously physical destruction to the other planets throughout the universe, which were potentially and conditionally put in subjection to them. Now, there is a lot more detail about this, like I said, in Mystery of the Ages, in the book I just quoted from, The Incredible Human Potential. God did have a great future in store for the angels, but they had to prove themselves on planet Earth. They had to show themselves capable of establishing and upholding God's government here on Earth. When they failed to do that, God was left with no other choice, as we will see. Mr. Armstrong continues in The Incredible Human Potential. As God surveyed this cataclysmic tragedy, he must have realized that since the highest, most perfect being within his almighty power to create had turned to rebellion, 
It left God himself as the only being who would not and cannot sin. That's right. Lucifer was a spectacular angelic being before he became Satan, before he became puffed up with vanity and obsessed with overthrowing his own creator. He had it all. Musical talent, great beauty, leadership skills. He was trained right at God's throne, and he threw it all away because he thought he should be greater than his creator. God realized that he would have to do it very differently. He couldn't trust the angels to establish his government throughout the universe. Only other God beings could get the job done. And God had to make the most brilliant plan imaginable a reality so that more God beings would be created. He could not create them instantly like he had created Lucifer and the angels. Spirit beings that are perfect just by default the moment they're created, God would have to do it differently. It would take a character development process to form other God beings like him. And this was a plan that would take 7,000 years to complete. In an article titled 7,000 Years of Preparation, Mr. Joel Hilliker wrote, The Feast of Tabernacles pictures the seventh day of that week of millenniums. The last great day, the eighth day, is an entirely separate holy day. And it pictures the culmination of the entire plan. So, as this radio show goes out over the air for the first time, God's people around the world are in the midst of celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles, this awesome seven-day joyous festival, followed immediately by an eighth day called the Last Great Day, as this article explains. Mr. Hilliker writes, God's complete 7,000-year plan is all preparation for what the last great day pictures, the time when all people who have ever lived will be given a chance to be born into God's family. That is incredibly exciting. That is why members of the Philadelphia Church of God keep the Feast of Tabernacles and keep the last great day along with the other five annual observances every single year. It's a reminder of God's brilliant plan to create billions of God beings. We hear a lot about diversity and inclusion today, but God's plan really is diverse and inclusive. It does actually include everybody. Everyone who has ever lived, even all the billions of humans who have already died, will have an opportunity to be God's. God's plan includes everyone. There is no such thing as heaven or hell, as often depicted by traditional Christianity. But there is a such thing as the resurrection. And there are three such resurrections, which do include every human being ever. That's right. When we die, it is not the end. It is really death. It's a complete loss of consciousness. We don't 
immediately transport to heaven or hell after death, but we can live again at the time of the appropriate resurrection for each of us. And so many people have never known God and they will have a chance one day. They will be resurrected and they will have a chance to know God and choose his way of life. God made an unfathomably gigantic universe with uncountable stars. There are approximately 100 billion galaxies out there, each one with about 100 billion stars truly beyond our comprehension. And God tells us that we can be the ones who populate that vast universe. We can be the ones who glorify and beautify it. As hard as that might be to believe, God promises it to us. Isaiah 51 verse 16 says that I may plant the heavens and lay the foundations of the earth and say unto Zion, you are my people. So God's people, whenever we become God's people, whoever that might be, all people ever at some point can become God's people. That's our future, to plant the heavens. God wants billions of children to help him plant the heavens. And we picture this in the seven-step Holy Day plan every single year. The fact is, God is not trying to save mankind at this time. In fact, God has actually cut us off from understanding. And by that, I mean mankind in general. There are few exceptions, such as members of God's church who can become converted and receive God's Holy Spirit, which unlocks spiritual truth. But mankind as a whole cannot understand the truth. They don't know yet. God is not trying to save all mankind yet, but soon he will. Genesis 3 shows that God actually intentionally drove man out of the Garden of Eden. And he put shining cherubims, powerful angels at the gate to the garden so that Adam and Eve could not re-enter the garden and take of the tree of life. Adam and Eve chose Satan's way. They chose to rebel just like the devil did. And all mankind has followed their example ever since. But why would God do this? Why would he cut mankind off? Mr. Hilliker wrote here in this article, 7,000 years of preparation, which is taken from the September, October, 2000 Royal vision. And it's also on the trumpet.com as a free reprint article. The truth is, God cutting man off from his spirit was a calculated move of such strategic brilliance that people can't comprehend it without having that spirit. Isaiah 6 
verses 9 and 10 talk about God shutting people's ears and eyes so that they cannot hear or see the truth, so that they cannot understand the truth at this time. Why would God do that? How does this make any sense? Well, this is all part of the process, all part of the 7,000 years of preparation for when all mankind can have a chance to enter God's family. There is a purpose to it all. During this time, we will, as a human race, suffer. Adam and Eve made that choice for all of us. And human beings are very stubborn. We don't want to admit when we're wrong. We want to try every possible solution that we have devised to bring about world peace, to cause true human progress, and it just doesn't work. 6,000 years of human history up to this point have proven we can't do it on our own. We don't have the solutions. All the problems in the world come from minds at war with each other. We cannot get along, and getting along is a spiritual issue. Having peace with other human beings is a spiritual issue. It requires a spiritual solution. But we have not found that solution on our own as human beings. And it's going to get to the point where there is mass destruction, where it almost gets to the point as it was after the angelic rebellion, when the earth was totally black and totally flooded. It will get almost to that point all over again before Jesus Christ returns to stop us from wiping ourselves out. Matthew 24, verses 21 through 22. But in the meantime, as mankind in general is cut off, God has called a few and given them his Holy Spirit. God needs help preparing for the time when all mankind will have a chance to enter his family. God needs help preparing for the wonderful world tomorrow, the 1,000-year rule of Jesus Christ on earth, as pictured by the Feast of Tabernacles. But then even beyond that, God is preparing to help all mankind. After that 1,000-year period is when all mankind will be resurrected around 50 billion to 100 billion people. And even throughout the entire millennium, we'll be preparing for that gigantic second resurrection. We only get one real fair shot to hear God's truth and apply it. Those called out of the world today supporting God's work today, who are part of God's church today, who have been baptized and converted and received God's Holy Spirit today, this is our one chance. Hebrews 6 verse 4 says, For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Spirit, Verse 5, and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come. Verse 6, if they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucified to themselves the Son of God afresh 
and put him to an open shame. So if our physical lives end with us in rebellion, after God gave us this special opportunity to prepare to convert all mankind, well, that's it for us. We've tasted of that precious heavenly gift. God has given us the truth. He's given us his Holy Spirit. He's begun training us and teaching us so that we can teach all mankind very soon. And this is our one opportunity. The rest of mankind will have an opportunity during the world tomorrow or after the world tomorrow. But for those called out today, this is our opportunity right now. God knows he's putting our eternal lives at risk by calling us out today, but he needs teachers. He needs rulers under Jesus Christ who will do God's work in the wonderful world tomorrow and even beyond that. God needs help in the millennium and he needs help beyond the millennium when all mankind is resurrected as pictured by the last great day. The last great day is really a joyfully vision-filled holy day that we keep every single year. Notice Revelation 20, verse 12. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. This picture is a time when all mankind will understand. Finally, they can read the Bible and know what it is saying. And they will have a real chance to apply what the Bible says and live by it. We are trying to reach the largest audience possible with God's work today, which includes all mankind when they are resurrected after the wonderful world tomorrow. This is the most brilliant plan imaginable. This is God's plan to have billions of spirit-born children enter his family. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Trumpet Bookshelf. You've been listening to Trumpet Bookshelf. Please email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for new episodes every Friday at 10 a.m. Central Time.